Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Toby's Red Bush. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. You know, you don't throw a whole life away just because he's banged up a little. No, 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 no more match races for this little horse because, frankly, there are no matches. Who's going to race? Pegasus? I pity these horses. The horse is too small, the jockey too big, the trainer too old, and I'm too dumb to know the difference. He was the son of Hardtack, sired by the mighty Manowar, but the breeding did little to impress anyone at Claiborne Farms. I just can't help feeling they got him so screwed up running in a circle. He's forgotten what he was born to do. This horse couldn't win a church raffle, let alone a $2,000 allowance. Yeah, talk about a jump in class. This is the skunk of the garden party. Yes, he's the surprise in the punch bowl. As a matter of fact, I'll lay even money that this nag seed biscuit couldn't even finish six furlongs. This is TikTok McLaughlin Live at Clocker's Corner. You don't think the H is too big? You seen the size of our jockey? When they finally did race him, he did just what they had trained him to do. He just needs to learn how to be a horse again. He lost. Get rid of him. All right. There was a time when the Academy Awards had to put a bunch of unfortunate movies up against Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Um, because that was the one where The Return of the King won the Oscar for Best Picture. And there's not much you could say about it because those three movies were kind of like some kind of a marvel to be put together, like one of the biggest trilogies ever made. It was massive, right? Like like them or not now. And it won a bunch of other awards at that time. And so whether you agree with the strategy to give it to Lord of the Rings, maybe it wasn't exactly the best picture of that year. Uh, it was up against Mystic River, Master and Commander, huge soft spot for that movie for me, Lost in Translation, and Seabiscuit. Ah, yes, yes. Seabiscuit is the movie we're going to cover today, 2003. Uh, written and directed by Gary Ross. So, as I say that now aloud, it explains... Um, a few things maybe about this movie that it's written and directed by the same person running at 141 minutes. I was a little scared once we were queuing this movie up. Um, I honestly have not seen Seabiscuit myself. Uh, I thought at some point I had seen a piece of it, but if I did, it was a totally inconsequential piece because I had no memory of it. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, budget of nearly $90 million and it brought in 140 and was nominated, like I said, for that Oscar and um, eight nominated for in a total few Oscars. Eight. It won yeah. none of them. None. No, but the ones that it's like, there's no actor in there. Do you know what I mean? There's cinematography, no. but you're yep. going up against a uh, master and commander. Like you said, Lord of the, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, um, it's hard. City of God this year, lost in translation. Mystic River, I think you yeah. said. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just a ton of shit, man. So even the technical ones that it was up for had yeah, would be had. a hard fight, man. Yep. Because this movie's beautiful. But Jesus, Lord of the Rings? Yeah, it's like like I said, unfortunate. Um, so Gary Ross, if you don't know, he's done a few movies. One of them, the very interesting, and also Tobey Maguire starring Pleasantville, 
1998. I have not seen Pleasantville in forever. So I uh, can't recall if that one would be good. He did Seabus a couple years later, The Hunger Games, um, and Ocean's 8. <laughs> the unfortunate remake. So, wow, he's made not a lot. Good. Yeah. Gross. Um, but like Brent said, the look of this movie was not, well, there this were a lot of beautiful great, looking. great, great and beautiful. I, I had some issue with some of the technical aspects, but like, it's just minor what, choice things that I might have done. Technical such what, as? Like what just, were, yeah. What were oh, they? okay. We're, let's jump in and, yeah, yeah. and, um, I really don't like. Seabiscuit. It's about the horse Seabiscuit. Go uh, the, on see, with this thing. A now. lot of the racing, a lot of the race. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see biscuit win and win and win again let's see um i liked so much all of the racing stuff with the horses they made it seem very tight um but i just i absolutely hated the close-up every time it went close up with toby on the horse or with another jockey and the horse yeah, heads were so so point. over the top going i found that such an odd choice for this film because clearly in the cutting scenes in between especially closer to the end of the movie you see that the jockeys are like the horse and jockey are like not moving that much like the the jockeys are very motionless in the upper body but the amount of arm movement and the horse's head like thing it just doesn't match at all i was saying i think when we were watching it it felt like a sam raimi level of type thing like over it's so over the top you find it funny but it's like you're in on the joke yeah right that's exact, Brent. Thank you for describing it like better than I did. Um, that that's you just said one Sam thing. Sam Raimi. That's I was just. It, uh, but like that's a really good example. I yeah. noticed. I noticed it in the beginning when you'd mentioned it more so, and I I stopped. I think I just because uh, the movie had moved on, I forgot paying attention to the if the close-ups match the um, the races. So I noticed it when when Toby was riding the horse. Uh, when he wasn't racing in the beginning, he was just riding horses, or other people were just riding horses. Mm-hmm. But, but I, but I kind of like didn't remember it, and then I don't didn't notice it for the second half of this movie. I'm not saying it wasn't there. I just it got me every time. I just didn't notice it. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think they, I think they thought that many other people wouldn't either, and didn't pay that much attention to the continuity. But it's clearly there that that it's fucked up. It's not right. Yeah. I didn't notice it until Hillary had said something, I think. And then I was like, oh, because she was like, that's kind of weird looking. But if you look at the way that those um, those shots are done, right? With yeah. them, like with the close-ups, with obviously they have some kind of a horse neck rig, right? Yep. Um, if you look at the one, you know that horse race uh, that they do when he comes back from the ankle injury? Yeah. Um, that race, when Toby edges up next to his buddy that rode Seabiscuit against War Admiral that time. Yep. When when that guy slows to let Seabiscuit meet him eye to eye, um, that close-up, it looks like they're not moving as much. It looked more subtle. Hmm. That one, to me, looked oddly out of place considering the rest of the movie looked so exaggerated. Yeah, herky-jerky stuff. Yeah. We, I bet you, I bet you too, um, what they did is when they had studio time, they shot all of the close-ups first, and then they shot all of the horse out exterior stuff, the master shots for the racing and horse riding later. And yeah. so they never, they never bothered to think about that being a problem. 
So because they, it would have been one or the other. But if they would have shot the exteriors first, they could have been able to match it. But you usually shoot out of sequence. And if you're, you know, if you're going to be in the studio, you want to get as much shit done as possible. So they probably didn't even consider that that wasn't going to match the footage in the movie. That's a great point. Great yeah. point. But yeah, but it's a huge mistake because it does stick out like a sore thumb. When you notice it, you can't stop noticing it. Yeah. And then, like, later on when there's a gap and there's no horse racing, I'd forgotten about it and didn't look closely enough to, to ever pick it up again. But yeah. it's there all of the time. And, like, the cinematography in this one is, like, very beautiful. It, but, like, Brent's right, um, a lot of this movie is really, really nice to look at. I don't remember the music, but, but all of the technical categories Randy. of this movie, all of the... Yeah, I Wait. just don't remember the music. It didn't stick Randy stand Newman. out to me. It didn't stand out to me. So maybe that's a good thing that it didn't, or maybe it's a bad I, thing because I it's remember not. it being just very typical for a for a Hollywood yeah. big budget like this, right? Like, yeah. um, for one of the epics, it was very orchestral and um, yeah, it was it, led it was the way. it was fine. Like it didn't stand out and it didn't yeah. detract. Um, so I, I think, think that's I, good. I think it gets this thing gets a all a marks on directing cinematography wardrobe location all of that stuff set design like yeah. a, a a pluses on all of those things in any of those categories this movie is is it could be held up with any other great movies yeah um it's that that stuff's all fine yeah but um, um but that was well, not me, the that, yeah do you want to well you want to do the rundown johnny i guess um, because it's gonna be hard because <laughs> well, it's not what it isn't. An it's element, not that easy to explain. An element of this movie is about the horse Sea Biscuit, who is mistreated for most of its young life, but has some real potential. And this team of pros, uh, a, a, a senior level jockey, a guy with a bit of extra money, and a guy who really knows horses, get together. And Seabiscuit is rehabilitated and trained in a way that makes it a super deadly horse on the track. And the people in this uh, have some complications around their life. Um, but then we start a bit before that in the automobile age. And yeah, just a bit. <laughs> this guy, Howard, who's our main character... I guess uh, we spend the first hour with him only, so... Yeah, so he has a... He's kind of a smart guy, and he figures out how to be a steam engine, and he, he becomes a big car dealer, and then he becomes super wealthy. And then the, red, the the Great Depression hits, and he is knocked down a notch, but not quite out. He still seems to have some means. Uh, and he's got some children, and then he has an unfortunate incident with his wife and then he remarries and his then son he, dies you forgot to mention his well son i said that, unfortunate that clumsy little fella hey yeah, yeah. that guy like he's a bad <laughs> driver for a 10 year old i'll tell you that so <laughs> and then like around after the time when uh dude is get try, looking to get remarried howard uh we learn a bit about uh toby mcguire who's a jockey and he likes to drink and fight until he can't see out of his eye and not tell anybody about it, but he goes to race anyway and ends up coming across Seabiscuit. And in the meantime, there's a cowboy on the plains and he sleeps out in the wilderness. And he, uh, you know, so Chris Cooper, everybody. He's it, a okay, horse so like. There is also a little bit with Tobey Maguire when he's a child and we see him sitting with his oh, parents yeah, gets, and his family. He gets, and so, he does 
poetry are he he reads Shakespeare at the table and yeah. then his family <laughs> gives him away after the Great Depression to some fa- and I don't know whatever happened. Wait, to him. but are his you guys family- jumping in? Did you guys talk about the invention of the car first? Oh, that's right. true. We because that we we spent at least fifteen with, minutes there with Ford yes, and the right. Model T and how production. I actually know a bit about this because of my work in in Lean. But um, yeah, he, they were like they got the the actual production line um, where they were the first creators of it, so they could crank. Yeah. What, what did they say? A car that's every nineteen seconds or something. Nineteen seconds. Yes. Yeah. So it's and that's like I was like that's really interesting. Okay, let's go and and then does anybody <laughs> want, know what happened to Toby Maguire's brothers and sisters? Because he's the only one that's left. So did they give their kids away one by one? And they no. held on to Toby because he was the best one. And so, they're like, ah, shit, we we got to give the best one a chance. I think they, I think he's, I think they kept the rest of them. Yeah, and they gave they Toby like, away one because oh. he was a ginger. Yeah, and two because he he, he had a gift, and they found somebody that that could take that. I, and, riding and was would, it, right? That was the it. gift. No, his gift was Shakespeare. <laughs> no, his he gift was, was shoveling barns. No, it was Shakespeare. No. It was See, losing he, fights. It's not clear. Because at the table, no, his gift was Shakespeare because at the table, he's the only one who gets the quote and then they give him no, a bag. Was, of, but uh, then they let him, they let him go really, ride. You're not really saying this, are no, you? No, but then they, yes, I am, because then they oh, give Jesus him Oh, Jesus Christ. Just Paul. let me finish. <laughs> let me explain. They don't if give you, him to a horse guy and he becomes a great horse rider. I know, but this is what I'm saying. He's memorizing he, lines. But he rejected his gift because, just let me hear me out. So right. at that table, they were very specific that they were intellectual and they wanted their kids to be. And their son shined at the, the the table, the dinner table. The next time we see them, when they give him away, they give him a pillow sack of books. And they say, you have a gift. Here's this pillow sack of books. And when Toby goes to the river as an adult, he's going to throw the books away because he's going to reject his gift because he never followed it. And he doesn't throw the books away. No. So let me tell you, let me tell you why dream. that's not his gift. Yeah. Because your memory is shit and he doesn't get the quote at dinner. So he never actually is good at quoting. I thought the he book, later the, the book. No, no the books he are doesn't sentimental. get to finish it. And his dad does. The books yeah, are sentimental because that's because like they obviously do thing. that shit. Yeah. So what's his gift, man? The other, the, the, well, Horses, the thing, goddamn. The other thing Horses. is that after like, they get up from dinner or whatever, him and the wife are standing at the window and they watch, they're watching him ride on the horse. It's like a, it's such a quick scene. That's why it doesn't hit. As yeah, it didn't hit at all. Think. I don't even remember. Yeah, him exactly. A horse. And so no, then when they they're giving it. when they're giving him away to the horse guy, you're, we're like, it was like, is it as a sex slave? I don't get it. Are they is selling him? Like, is I don't a, get it. Is he a boxer? anyway? Then he, he, then he becomes too? like that. And so there's a whole jump then to when he's like boxing and jockeying. So I'm like, did a lot of shit, dark shit, happen in between, or like I don't get it um, with, with with his character. And then so, at minute forty six. <laughs> Or something like that. Okay, so the other thing in this movie that we should talk about is that part of it feels like a documentary with black and white photos with a narrator talking about different things, whether and it's the depression, the Moore right? Photo Company or the depression or the horse. He's always talking about jumping around and talking about different things. They're all they're all trying to tie them. They're trying to force them all to be in. They don't want you to discover anything by yourself, by the way. They want to tell you <laughs> what the movie means. So they're cramming in all of this footage and this voice over They're and trying. then about, about 46 minutes in the voiceover begins about Seabiscuit walking through the smoke 
and he sees Smith, and Smith sees him, and now we see Seabiscuit, and then they go through his whole life about how he was abused horse, and they used him to make other horses do good, and then Seabiscuit was a loser, and he became a loser. So now all of a sudden, the movie completely changes to something fucking else. It seems like it changes every 15 fucking minutes. Oh, man. I wish oh, it was shit. that I was frequent. waiting for that. Yeah. And so, you're, John, you're not continue wrong. from there. Yeah. <laughs> continue from there. Like, we're, yeah, it's not so done yet. There's still two hours left or something. <laughs> well, then most of the rest of the movie follows along as, as Seabiscuit um, starts to run well in races uh, and then proves himself to be insanely great and then uh, ends up suffering a, a, a ridiculously bad uh, but not life-threatening injury and then needs to be rehabilitated and then comes back to start racing and like ends up winning against some very um, notable horses after some deals are set up. And so, and you know, and people's lives are redeemed because they just end up being redeemed. Yeah. Yeah. This movie, like it's so hard to get through the synopsis for this movie because God, Wow, holy golly gosh. Did they like mess up the structure and overall what the hell is this about? Like holy shit, Seabiscuit is responsible for come bringing people out of the or, or getting people through the depression. Was that seriously something I don't think that they I'm, were saying I'm he supposed got to consider? Through. I think it was something to cheer for. Like you know what I mean? They didn't have six sports channels and all the rest of it. They were like fucking sitting on milk crates and playing like one string banjos on wash dishes or whatever the I fuck and blowing in fucking bottles to make bass noises. These people grew up in a time where a horse being a little small and then also fast, that shit would light your pants on fire, baby. Like what and you if, described would be okay. Because I was just going to say, if, if that was the movie, that would have been interesting. <laughs> If you could go either about some people having a tough time in the depression, how they're affected by Seabiscuit and their community, or you show maybe a little more of Seabiscuit affecting the community, other than Howard giving a couple of public speeches. Yeah. <clears throat> but all the other shit. Holy well, cow, do we spend so much time with Howard on the yeah. front end of this movie? And wow. Wow. Like, it's I think like Colin said, though, they need to show you, like, they don't let you discover anything. And it's no. everything that you see in the movie has an origin. So Howard founded Buick and became a big, uh, rich automobile uh, magnate. Well, we had to see where automobiles started. So that started with <laughs> Ford. He became Ford's competitor. Okay, now I understand cars. Well, what was before cars? Horses? Well, good. That's covered in the first 15 minutes. Let's move forward from there so Howard can have a fucking kid and then a wife and then have that kid die and then have that wife leave him. Yep. And then there's financial hardships. But like John said, not that he doesn't bad. really get affected. We'll be okay. Right? He Some says it on the phone. Yeah. He says it on the phone to the guy. He we'll buys be a okay. Horse, and they are. He, he buys a fucking race horse. He buys horse a race horse, show. yeah. And, and, uh, and, then, and then the fucking clumsy little bastard drives off a thing and his wife leaves him. Or did we cover that? <laughs> right? Yeah. This movie is a great... All the fucking shit here so far we don't need. And I'm talking, yeah. where are we right now? 30, 40 minutes in? 40 to 45, yeah. Sea At Biscuit, that point, right? Seabiscuit comes in. He hasn't in. even met the wife. 
He hasn't Bull- even met the horse. He hasn't even fucking met Toby. He hasn't even met fucking uh, Horse Whisperer. Right? Yeah, now Chris Cooper. They ha- we have so much time with him in the plains, riding yeah. and seeing horses and saving a horse that some guy was going to kill. Every horse deserves to live. Duh, think about that. We're just going to go over here for a bit. Will we be back with this guy? And then we are back with him. And for some stupid reason, Howard locks eyes with Chris Cooper and is like, I love that man. He knows everything. Yeah. And Chris it's Cooper weird. sticks his tongue out at him in a real creepy way. He really way. does. I, 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 I saw that too. I was reading. I was trying. I wanted to see what Rotten Tomatoes had to say about it because they got a 70 something. Oh, and the best the best quote. There is a lot of negative quotes, but the best one that I felt encapsulated the movie was uh, wastes an inordinate amount of time skimming around pointless crap. There is an uh, there isn't an honest goddamn scene for almost an hour. A great movie is buried in here somewhere. That is a very good way of summing up this piece of shit because there is so many things in here that could have been edited into a coherent um, structure where you gave a shit about the characters. Yeah. You, this is a mistake people make all the time with movies. Everything has to be through the characters. Writer director we have here um, once again. Oh, that's a, but I mean if you look at Boogie Nights, Boogie Nights you feel the 70s in Boogie Nights. You don't have someone narrating about oh in the 70s this and this and this. You <laughs> feel the 70s. It's around you and everything is through the characters. Yeah. So you what you should need, have done is you what don't Brent need that said. Narration at all. Brent but Brent made a good point. <laughs> you should have had some characters, a family in this movie that's severely affected by the great depression and they get their spirits lifted by watching the horse race and then they get to go to the race because they make the cheap seats and then they get to go down there and see see biscuit win then all of a sudden you have a fucking movie about people who are lifted up in the great depression yeah. through the characters through the yeah. fucking characters you can't just talk about a mass of people we never met and say oh they had hard times and then move on like well, Chris, and, that, Chris, and, and sorry, that yeah. detail um, that Colin was talking about isn't. It's I got that idea because at the end of the movie, it it says like, you know, basically that it was at the end of the depression and Sea Biscuit, you know, whatever, helped move them into the next whatever, and like, <laughs> it's just never anywhere in the movie except for that line. Yeah, and there's a bunch of fucking things that are just. Like they establish a million things, but a point to the movie. Yeah, yeah, no, that's absolutely right. Like when when I think about Chris Cooper owns nothing, so he doesn't care about the depression. He's like sleeps outdoors anyway. <clears throat> Jeff Bridges is 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 like wealthy. They never quite understand how wealthy, though it seems at times very powerful. So he never seems like it affects him in any way. So I think Toby Maguire is meant to be our character that gives us the experience of the maybe slightly above every man during the depression where he's like has to go and ask his boss for an advance and it's all clumsy because he's apparently like in that (laughs) it's done so poorly if that's the only representation of how someone who's suffering through depression is lifted by Seabiscuit and everything else. It's because, like, it's basically a hand-me-down from a, a wealthy guy to someone less fortunate because they're just an, a nice, magnanimous person in that moment. Even if he did want to truly help, that's fine. Um, 
um, but ultimately, then we don't see like what what Toby does with that money. I didn't know his mouth was even hurting. I understand that it could be in that time, but and I also don't know how much it costs for him to see the dentist. Like I don't even have the context of like what that means because no one talks dollar value in this movie except to throw a couple of still impressive big amounts to today's dollar. Um, so it just it it it, it um it it makes it makes it kind of difficult <laughs> to follow. A great the no, themes, you're right. The themes that they're trying to establish, a, like it's a great, not, a, a great way you're describing it is is once again, I'll just use Boogie Nights as an example because I've already used it. It will be like if you never saw Dirk Diggler use cocaine, not once. You never see him use cocaine once, and then he walks up to Burt Reynolds and says, "I have a cocaine problem. Can you lend me twenty dollars?" Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't fucking mean anything. Then you have to see him go through these things. You have like to it, learn if, about them through, through through seeing the character, experiencing them. Tobey Maguire should have had tooth problems the whole movie. He should have tried to knock his tooth out with a rock. I don't fucking know. What he if, if Toby if Toby went to the doctor for like his blindness and it showed us that because we were yeah, in on something? Yeah, they should have showed that too. It says someone and just he gets it treated it and that makes him better. Like that that does something. But instead, it's like he we gave the money and he's totally, We don't even no. know he's blind until he speaks it. <laughs> yeah. Because you wouldn't know. It's such they a... They show nothing. They show but that's, nothing. That's everything in the movie. Like, when, when he's writing this movie, he's doing, like, the brainstorm idea. He's saying, what should this movie be about? And he has ideas everywhere on the page. And then he just says, instead of picking one, he just goes, yes, to all of them. <laughs> and then he puts them all in the movie, but he doesn't actually establish any of them well. It's just at some point, like, two hours in, you're like, is this a father-son movie? And then at the end, he puts something about the depression. But then also, it's about the competition between horse and automobile. But then it's not. But then it's about another horse. And it, like, why? Who gives a fuck how he made his money? Yeah, it's yeah. It it makes no difference. Um, no, not at all. No difference at all. And then the other, like I've talked about a few of the actors in this movie, like Tobey Maguire, Jeff Bridges, Chris Cooper, Bill Macy is in this, and we we Elizabeth he's Banks. He, um, yeah. So that's who I wanted to talk about is. So, um, <coughs> excuse me, unfortunately, like cut into this shell of a character in this movie. It's so, it's so bad. She basically, she meets Jeff Bridges, um, uh, wherever they are in that scene. Um, and she's like, oh, I'm, I'm this person friend or something of Isabel. Like I missed it in the moment cause we were having a fun time with this movie when we were watching it. <laughs> but we even have still, I have not known. Maybe she was like sister. Maybe it, it, I could find a read up or something on that. If anyone can find like who exactly who she is to the world, but she's just there and it's like instant attraction. And then I believe it goes with a silent montage as they like do things. And, and um, of course she, uh, in the depression era, someone's going to fall in love with rich fucking widower. Um, so they get together and we don't know anything about her or learn anything about her. And then throughout the movie, she's just there and offers like nothing. I think her, her biggest moment is when she opens the train car door and tells, uh, um, um, Redbush that he can come in and he's like, no, I'm too tough for that. And she's like, suit yourself. And I'm like, oh God, I'm so sorry, Elizabeth Banks, because you are fucking super talented. <laughs> and I... I feel so bad you got cut down to nothing in the, this. The other fucked up thing too is Tobey Maguire's character clearly has an eating disorder that they establish about because he's trying Doesn't to keep matter. his weight down. Because he, they show a couple of times him trying to keep his weight down to 115 so he could be a jockey. 
but but never at any time does anyone do anything about it. It doesn't affect him negatively, health wise, or any in any way whatsoever. They establish it's there, but it's not a negative, really. Like he never gets it's sick. It's not about he never his gets disorder. Weak. He doesn't get fall. He doesn't fall down. He he just has no, an eating they disorder. They do a weird thing where he is at dinner with Jeff Bridges and and Banks the one time, and he fills his plate uncharacteristically, right? Yeah, and they look at each other kind of weird, right? Yes, they do. Then, shortly after, you see he comes for dinner uh, a night he has in a the near future, <laughs> and he has like very little, yeah. yeah. And um, they and then know they look training. at each other again, but they look like they approve more of the re- of the reduced dinner. Like I, they know why he's <laughs> doing it clearly, but you if know what you I mean? if you weren't into nuance, you could totally think that they were like concerned when he was overeating because they're like that's unhealthy my friend and i'm fattest so yeah, don't some, get fat toby where bridges is calling uh toby like chubs or something yeah it's see get it's clumsy horse, it's so clumsily done that i believe the reason they showed him vomiting was not to show that he is like mentally unwell at the time and like obviously ready to do bulimic things they just were like He's just got to maintain that weight. And so later on, when we have those dinner scenes, they'll click more because people will know he's eating to keep his weight down, which is what jockeys have to do. Ha, ha, ha. But, but it's not about the bulimia. About being larger than all the rest of the jockeys. Yeah, I know. So I guess I can see why the bulimia there, right? If he's already bigger, maybe he has a con- like a... That, you know, that yeah. would have been yeah, nice to learn about. That would have been interesting. But again, yeah, that they, don't, interesting but again if, they don't explore it. It's something <laughs> yeah, that they put in the movie... There. And it's just there. They, undertones, they don't baby. Ever, yeah, well, but fuck. Too many undertones. Everything yep. is just a subtle nuance into the movie, but you never it's like fully develop an idea. No impact. Or, no impact. Or, nor does it ever come to a fucking conclusion. No, yeah, it's it, just never, there. There's so it's much that never floating. amounts to... There's so, so much that never amounts to nothing. All of the stuff they this show with Jeff the Bridges... Ether, you know? Yeah. All the stuff they show with Jeff Bridges um, boils down to one scene. All of the stuff with him um, discovering automobiles and his talent, and then becoming this huge automobile guy, and then getting all making all these cars and making all this money, all comes down to one scene later on where he'd parked a bunch of cars in a barn and he just moves them out of the barn so a horse can come in. That's the only thing that <laughs> comes of that. That's it. We wasted that forty-five minutes seeing all of that. They might have been, and like, they never talk about it again. It never comes up. They might it's have just, shot he gets it. the cars and, yeah. and been like, "Hey, we have the cars coming out of there. All right, let's write some backstory that he was into cars." We, and we, then we gone talk. from there. It made it <laughs> makes no sense because I like what would have been great with him would have been to show him. Um, uh, what did he have? The shop, the bicycle shop. He has the bicycle shop. The guy brings the car in. Because I liked all that. That was fun with him. <clears throat> I was like, oh, he's so smart. He took it apart and put it back together. And then you could have cut from there to like him as a wealthy, established individual, even during the depression with a a, a handsome young wife. Um, and like just talk about his ex and his dead kid. And, and fine. Like whatever. And that's all you need to know. Like he's he's, he's, he's got privilege here. So those like, people, that's his it. dead wife, his dead wife and his kid never come up again. Never. It, it never, it never, it never seems to affect him in any way. No, nope. you never see it affect him with his new marriage. No, nope. it doesn't. His wife doesn't like question him about it. He doesn't talk about it. It nope. never comes up again. Why but did they show that's, it? That's the thing <laughs> that that's, that's the problem is he's just not a good writer because he, he, you can see he wants that in the movie. Right. Yeah. 
You can see that he's trying to put it in there, but just in the fucking shittiest way. Yeah. Not shitty, ineffective. Yeah. Another example, I just keep going back to one movie to to, to leverage it. William H. Macy's wife is cheating on him in, in the beginning of Boogie Nights. They establish that right away. He comes home and he finds his wife fucking a guy and she wants him to get out of the room and she just tells him to fuck off and go back to the living room. Yep. And he goes and leaves the living room and he's weak. I don't need to know what happened to him the first 20 years of his life to understand that character and feel for that character and root for that character. Yeah. That's all I fucking needed. Yeah. Now you can move on with the fucking movie. Yeah. I don't need to know his whole history. Because the other thing, the so the other character that you spend a lot of background time with is Toby. So, like, fine, I guess, if you want to show his young youth when he was, like, such a prodigy and then handed off and given away for, by the family. But you don't need to see it in such detail, for one. And then when we start seeing where he becomes more of the jockey... He constantly loses and then he goes and boxes a bunch and constantly loses so much that it's not giving us any new information about this guy. It becomes just gratuitous to show us that amount of violence um, that leads to him being blinded, which again, we don't know. We don't know (laughs) until so much later that it's like it made me annoyed that we had to watch him lose at least three, um, three boxing matches for them to hit that point home. Like, he can just show up with the fucking problems and then, like, do it in a better way. Like, it, it makes the first 45 of this movie insane to watch, considering what happens in the 90 minutes that follow that. If you if you would have just had him go to a doctor after the last boxing match, not even showed that many boxing matches, you could have showed one and him got beat up. Yeah. But that he was boxing, and the doctor said, you're blind in this eye and you'll never see again. You'll never be a jockey or ride horses again. And Toby hides that, and the the rest of the movie we know that. Then it means something. Yeah, yeah. Why did they keep that from the audience? Why would they hide <laughs> that from us? It doesn't make any sense. Then we don't know he's struggling. <laughs> no, I, I find him so unlikable. Like I'll, he loses at everything, but I don't root for him because he's kind of a piece of shit too. And <laughs> I, like I guess he was sold as a kid, so yeah. But then I'm like. Uh, it makes it, it makes his redemption weird when when it ends up coming around in this movie and even when it happens like he, he <laughs> after he gets hurt insanely bad and Seabiscuit gets hurt and then they like they're going to ride Seabiscuit without him but they don't tell him and I'm like it, this isn't like a happy ending for for his character he's not oh, like at the overcoming very end, yes. yeah he's not overcoming the, like the obstacles he's overcoming are strange and not related to his struggle at all. It's just like stupid politics and fucking. Uh. The the other problem too is the after minute forty five when they introduce Seabiscuit, the whole movie is the build up where where him and Seabiscuit have to get better, like internally, to get better on the racetrack. They have to save each <laughs> other to get better on the racetrack, and then. Him and Seabiscuit win the big race. Oh, no, they don't win the big race. Um, he gets hurt, and then Seabiscuit and the guy that they get to ride Seabiscuit win the big race. Yeah. And then then they do it all over again. 
The strategy. Seabiscuit. No, they do it all over again. So Seabiscuit breaks his leg. Yeah. And then him and Toby both have to heal again. We have to see the whole thing again. And then they win again. So, like, we have to see the whole thing twice. We already saw what they're showing us. So we, the last 20, 25 minutes of the movie is redundant. It's because... It is fucking yeah, repeating. Because the first part of the movie is so weird and drawn out and not to do with the most interesting part of the movie, which most of which is done really well, the Seabiscuit stuff. I like the strategy of it. Yeah. When they're talking about how to make... Like, when to get him to go and show him the crop and let him see the... Like, all that stuff sounds super, super interesting in the way they explained it. Chris Cooper, like... um, and the, the riders stuff the and bell, stuff like the that. Stuff with the bell yeah, the like showing, like all oh, it's all, great. it's all like really good. Yeah, but because the front end of this movie, which is not about none of that, and it's about Ford and making cars and dude making his money and his family dying and all that weird shit. Um, the the fact that Seabiscuit gets injured and that they both have to recover to come back and win something seems like it seems like the climax is when Seabiscuit like goes on the streak. And then it seems like the movie is starting to go too long when Seabiscuit ends up hurting himself. You're like, uh-oh. But mostly because, uh-oh, now we're going to have like a whole like recovery and come back. Thing. Like that's going to take at least 40 more minutes. What the hell are we doing? It felt like we just had our climax and then now it feels like over the top that this other shit is happening. If it, 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 Yeah. It, like even then the story, if it continues, right? Like it's, it is interesting that they recover and, and win a big race and... and Yay to to all that stuff, it, but goddamn, it feels weird by the time you get there because of the previous structure issues. Could could you imagine if you had a scene with Jeff Bridges in the movie where um he's watching he's watching Toby um um you know like not not the the second time with Toby wakes his leg and stuff, but he's watching Toby um you know with the horse working out and stuff, and then you had him have a flashback and quick clips of his son. Um, crashing the car and then him going and like and burying his son at a funeral and stuff yeah. and then you see him watching Toby you there's about an hour and 30 minutes in this movie you could have edited into a movie yeah. about an hour 30 um, you could have Toby have flashbacks him have flashbacks yeah. while, while they're the first part where they're going to win the big race and then Toby gets hurt and then the other guy wins with Seabiscuit yeah you could have built it all up with these little, very short flashbacks. 45 Quick. minutes I, of material. There's, there's even opportunities that are missed where you could sew a lot of this meaning and stuff in. Like, think oh, yeah. about when they find out that he's blind, right? Chris yeah. Cooper finds out that he's blind in the barn. Yep. He comes out to tell Howard, and uh, he's like, ah, oh, the fucking jockeys, uh, which is also against what we know of Chris Cooper. Yep. Right? Yep. Chris yeah. Cooper being the fucking, the Zen. Uh, Buddhist horse whisperer fucking from the plains, right? Yeah. And uh, and he's the one that preaches the line just because something's broke. And I, I guess that's an opportunity for Howard to like give it back to him a little bit there. But what I found that could have been in that scene was a nice moment for Howard to confront Toby. Toby and him could have had an interaction there, a little conflict, a resolution. And you could see that start to actually build that father-son relationship. I love Colin's idea too, where you show that stuff and then you cut right from the funeral of his kid to watching Toby race or something, right? Like, there's a ton of ways that you could be putting this shit into this movie. Yep. yep. Yeah, I mean, and you could have had Toby's almost, It's almost too. comical how fucking, 
how he missed every opportunity to give any significance. <laughs> yeah, <anything>. yeah. <laughs> it's it, totally it, true. <laughs> like, there's such powerful potential of, like, you know, comeback stories, underdog, like, comeback and um, little little underdog, right? David Goliath, right? Those two things there are enough to carry this movie, but they've managed to fuck it up because you never know who's the underdog and when, and when the redemption is happening um and f- like who's benefiting the most from it <laughs> like yeah. cuz you don't know who you're following like it's certainly not Howard he's a well, he's, it shouldn't be Howard he's a no and he's a no, figure in this story i guess it should be kind of toby and um cuz like chris cooper's guy he he doesn't change the whole movie really i guess he gets angry in that one scene but he he's like always the wise horse guy he never like takes i find that he gets healed though he does seem to get to get that healing too, right? I guess, but like, he was but just. They a, don't establish it well. No, right like he that. was a wise guy, and like he doesn't find love. He gets to spend time with wonderful horses and be recognized for his work, I guess. But I don't know. That's what he wanted. I don't get what he wanted. Was he suffering or was he happy being like just a like a, a, a whatever like a drifter? I guess is is what I describe him. So yeah, it has to be Toby as the main character, and from what I hear, Toby was paid quite a bit of money to be in this movie um but i don't like he just didn't feel like likable main character to me and it, and it wasn't a struggle it, enough story for me to you you could have sculpted it so 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 smartly like around that scene where he borrows the money if you would have established that toby had teeth problems and his eye problem from the beginning yeah and he didn't have any money to fix his eye or his teeth and you saw him in pain all the time and he was suffering from it and then you would have had that that scene tail end with a flashback with Jeff Bridges son and then and then he comes Toby comes to him and asks him for the money and then he gives him the money but you've already seen this the scene the flashback where he lost his earlier kid yeah then all of a sudden that becomes meaningful to you yeah. the audience so like oh he he like he gave Toby the money because he he started to see him like as a son. Yep. But there's nothing to connect that in the movie. No. They, Even the first time he it, sees Toby, Toby is being a huge cunt to a horse. Yeah. That's like, Smith raiding it. Yeah. And it's Smith. and like what like that's the endearing moment where Jeff Bridges is like, He's, oh that that's a special boy. Well, it's Smith who, Smith who saw yeah, him it was, do that. that was Chris but I was surprised. Who is the horse Chris whisperer? Cooper. He didn't. He never yeah. calls him on that. He no, never, he never holds him to, to him. account. Right. You think he'd want never want to work with him. him? Instead, that seems to be the time that he's like, "This guy's an angry cowboy, and we have an angry horse cow. So, <laughs> like, let's go, and put them I together." But but that's together, not really so. obvious that that's how his plan. He just kind of does his weird tongue thing and moves on again. Well, one of the only shots that we talked about was the shot where Toby is fighting the other boys and the horse is fighting the men and it, it's happening at the exact same time. That was one of the only times this this director did something where yeah. you could make a connection without them voiceover telling you that there is a connection I, or having like a docu... A lot, 25% of this movie or maybe 20% of this movie is a documentary about <laughs> the depression it's a documentary about the Ford Motor Company and automation. It's a documentary about horse racing. It's a documentary about about Seabiscuit. And it, it doesn't connect. It doesn't It doesn't seem to fit at all with the rest of the story. True story. That's so yeah. true. Yeah. You could have made it into a 20-minute documentary. 
Um, and taking okay. that shit out <laughs> later on. You could have made that as a, a promotional thing for the movie if you would have edited that out and edited it together yeah. as one piece. Put it in the trailer, right? I, well, and I don't like, know what the trailer was. Maybe you use a little bit of it to establish <laughs> that we're in the depression and then go, right? But the, I don't... I. You definitely not, not don't need over. you don't need the rest no. of any of it, and all, most, if not all, the voiceover can just go because even all it of it just can all go. Yeah, yeah, it could all go. Even even the stuff about Sea Biscuit could go. You don't need that much fucking description about Sea Biscuit. There's newspaper clippings. No, no, it. yeah, it is. Yeah. It's it is totally trying to. It's it's once again it's force feeding it, you it's the realism. It's, it's beating is it? you over the, the head. It's um like, like is it force feeding you the history like like it, it's it's telling us how authentic the movie is even though the movie takes a lot of liberties I understand with what the actual story is it's telling you what you the want they want you to care about without making you give a shit but, but you don't care but they but want us like, to care, care about, about the wrong this, things that, like people yeah, were having yeah. a hard time here's why. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of a movie that did did something well where it showed that that something brought brought a, a down and out community together. Tombstone. Um, no, <laughs> it not has Tombstone. The it does the same. What's well, a good movie where the burbs? Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> there is movies out there where, um, you know what, Cinderella Man. Cinderella Man. From what I remember, and I've seen it quite a few times, but not in a long time. Cinderella Man made a good movie about how everybody came, uh, um, got behind that boxer, um, and how he brought he brought the community together. And it's a, a very similar era. Mm. Um, you know that would be a good movie to watch. Is probably well, we should add that. Yeah, I remember. I remember it being incredibly, a uh, very incredibly That's good movie. If you guys have Russell's seen hate it. it, I've seen. Like I'm I saw not, it when I'm it came out. If I have once, I, I saw Russell Crowe. I'm very familiar with it. It's probably my favorite Russell Crowe movie because he did that one, and then he did the the other one where he was the professor. Of the uh, uh, yeah, what is it? Beautiful Mind. Yeah, Beautiful Mind. Right. Those are both, as I recall, good movies. And like Russell's heyday, he won Oscars or awards for like some or all of those. But Fuck, once again, it's Russell all through. If we didn't already do Master and Commander and it's, Gladiator, it's, yeah, it's through. It's all through stopping. his through his character and his family, and through um uh some other people who like are are his fans, and um who who like rooting for him to succeed, and they are all poor. And it's, you know, it, I think it is in the depression around this. It's the exact same time period. But once again, it's not force fed to you with voiceover and yeah. clips and not telling you what to feel or what you should, what's important. It allows <laughs> you to, to feel the movie instead. And, um, and this never gives you an opportunity to do that. Yeah. And so you get frustrated and you, and you get, it get you get lost in the mess. Yeah, That's you do. You mess. do. Which which makes us one of the most frustrating at the end of the day when you think back on it. And I think we saw all saw some like different comments and and reviews on this that there is a there's a really good movie in here, a yeah, really enjoyable. There, really is. there totally is yeah. rewatchable. Got, good cast that could have hammered this right for what they were given because like, God, if <sighs> if edited once again, it, that goes to show how powerful the editing can be because edited properly, the performances would have been better because they would have been in a sequence where you could have appreciated what the actors were doing. Yeah. So so j the editing would have actually made the acting better. Yep. 
which is crazy to say, but it's true. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's all. Jeff, that's Jeff all. Bridges is wasted in this movie. Jeff they Bridges all are. is a great actor. They all are. Yeah, they all are. But other than William H Macy, especially Elizabeth Banks, though, <laughs> she's really wasted. She it's, is hugely wasted. Yeah, right? like yeah. I can't. Which is a tragedy because I like her in so much. She's background for most of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so yeah, unfortunate. She does feel like a background player. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, maybe it's time to uh, get down to the stretch here. Is it going to be a shoot this fucking horse? Photo finish. Something about shooting this horse right up this week. Yeah, we we just want to shoot dead horse. Beat a dead horse. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just want to shoot this dead horse. This movie, I'll go ahead. It does not hold up. Um, It's it it was so disappointing because I thought it was going to be the one of our cop body movies. But you know what? This movie is so long and it's so now uh, upon reflection. Imagine having to rewatch this like, oh, one of us missed it and we got to watch it together again for some fucking reason. I would lose my mind in the first 45 minutes of this movie even more than I did as we were watching it actually live because you could just tell time after time was like, this isn't progressing. What's the inciting incident? What the fuck is happening? <laughs> And well, that we made kept it. Saying, we were like, we were like, like we we all couldn't remember the movie, so it was like a fresh watch. Yep. And we were still correctly saying we didn't need to start yet. I don't think we needed to start yet. Yeah. I don't think we needed to start you yet. You could start here because you could even tell watching the beginning. You could tell it had nothing to fucking do with where we're going. Yeah. Well, because you Why know it's about the horse. You the movie's yeah. called the horse's name, so you know at some point there's going to be a horse, and that you got to wait forty five fucking minutes to get there like that's a mistake sir that's a huge mistake that makes this movie unwatchable close to so this is like um um this is the third and final of our animal sidekick kind of movies for the month of whatever the hell it is march that's we're in i would rather watch turner and hooch than this movie uh, and I probably would even want to watch K9 more than watching Seabiscuit again. <laughs> I would watch the edit, the edited version of Seabiscuit. If someone like could pull that together, add that to Colin's list of things that he thinks he could edit into a better Ooh, film. I would love to. I, I would, would I would give to. it a shot because, like I said, the horse stuff, even most of the racing other than the close-ups on the jockeys doing their back and forth fucking hands thing. The other action behind the horses as they're racing and, and everyone's getting close and the, the faraway shots going around the track... That stuff is all great, and the way they discuss the strategy means that they could have made that racing really exciting because you would have seen them building towards things and talking about how they're going to change it up and do. And it was all great, and they even use some slang without explaining logging it, which I thought was very impressive and a nod to them for that. You know, give them the stick, give them the whatever the hell the terminology is. I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not that kind give of a horse guy. Give them the stick. Give them the stick. Yeah, exactly. So it does not hold up. Fuck this. So, God, so for fuck, my no. for for my not hold up, which everyone knows it already. I don't think it already holds up. But but I. A lot of people always say art is art and filmmaking is art and you should leave it alone. I'm starting to disagree with that. Yeah. Because we're seeing so many movies and this one is a big one included for me where if you would just re-edit this movie, you would have a, an amazing movie that would be rewatchable and would be entertaining and exciting. And um, you, you, why would you waste all of that great footage... <laughs> In movies like Titanic, where you could edit that down to less than two hours and make an amazing fucking movie. You could make an amazing movie about Jack, just Jack, 
in Titanic, and he dies at the end of the movie still. Yep. With the footage that is available, you could make an amazing hour 45 minute about Jack that is rewatchable and would go on down in the history as one of the greatest movies of all time. And the Seabiscuit movie, a great movie too. 10 out of 10 if you just edited it. It should have been titled Seabiscuit and the Great Depression. A story, and no, and the Ford Motor Company, and, and um, Red Pollard, and and, 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 uh, and a cowboy. Yeah, because it's not Sea Biscuit. It's it has vi- the, there's Sea Biscuits in this less than any other thing that's in this movie. <laughs> um, but I will just say I'm going to steal um, Victoria Alexander's quote for my hold up and not hold up and say it's very short. It's a bloated, slow bore, and I am being kind. Dun dun! Take Brent. us home, yeah. Brent. <laughs> I just want to see a nice movie about Sea Biscuit. Yeah, and if you could take Toby out of it, I would fucking appreciate it. Yes, not a fan of him, uh, little Toby McGuire. But I'll tell you what—he's not the problem with this movie. The problem is, is that this movie's called Sea Biscuit, and like you said, there's a thousand other things that's trying to fucking squeeze in. Then, when there's a chance to talk about Seabiscuit, and 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 they just fucking have the narrator tell us what his fucking past is, which is actually pretty interesting, the way that he was um, used as a horse that would enable other horses. He was a trained loser, right? That stuff is, is interesting. You could show us that shit with Seabiscuit before he meets him. Like, even just start with Seabiscuit, and then at 12 minutes... Uh, somebody takes a chance on him because Chris Cooper sees him, right? Yeah. And yep. like fucking goddamn anything but what's in there right now. <laughs> I swear to fuck. I like this guy. It, it's almost like like the, all that shit had to be in there, but the editor got super pissed at him and just cut out everything that made sense. <laughs> to tie it together. Yeah. And he was like, he's like, fuck you. Enjoy this fucking thing but the director Anyways, and writer was so close up. to it he didn't notice hey eh? i i said to john oh, it was as so if the proud. guy who wrote the screenplay which is the same guy who directed it the guy who wrote this screenplay had never in his whole life heard of structure like never heard of it never never read it in a book never talked about it with another filmmaker has no concept of story structure whatsoever like has none doesn't know about inciting incidents doesn't understand acts doesn't understand sequences doesn't understand any of it and then he just made a movie that's what it seemed like other yeah. than directing which he's an amazing visual director yep yeah other than directing he has no concept of story <laughs> No, and he's a filmmaker that one that was had a, made a movie that was nominated for many Academy Awards, including Best Picture. Once again, this was nominated the Academy Awards for Best Picture. Yeah, once again, Academy Awards mean nothing. It's all just politics. People yeah. like barter to get their movie picked, and it has nothing to do with the movie's quality. Definitely has nothing to do with the movie's writing. You might like you. You're not paying attention <laughs> if this movie fools you into like, oh, depression, ooh, racing horse, ooh, success, challenges, more success. Okay, that was a bit long, but Seabiscuit was good. What an uplifting story! Like you're just not seeing it. Did you not see it? Wow. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, very upsetting. Yeah. All right. Well, um, Brent, I, I can't recall if you actually said the words. 
I did, but I'll say it again. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't hold up. Hold <laughs> Good. Let's get that out of the way. Look at what's next, John. Okay, we, move to move on. we are moving on to some actually some fun stuff. Actually, that please uh, like a please, lot of the stuff, God. folks. We have coming up is fun. We're injecting only a couple of like personal pet projects in here, um, but yeah. April is going to be a fun one because we're going to start with uh, Jody Foster in Contact. Oh my god. I think Colin no. hates contact. Why? Why are you doing this to me? We're gonna go from this to contact? Yeah. Then god we're gonna damn. do Oceans Eleven. <laughs> then we're gonna do The Wrestler. Then we're gonna I'm okay with those two. Another okay W movie, two. Willow, and then Great. April I'm so, which I'm gets so excited about Willow. Five movies because there's five Sundays in April. The final one will be Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Okay, oh, that, yes. that's a great lineup. I, I mean, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Contact, but I'm excited to. If we, if we, um, this movie, if anything, showed me how much fun we were all on our A game. Uh, Two dollar Johnny, I'll just say that we were all on our A game on Tuesday when we watched this movie. I have never laughed so hard. Even Brent's girlfriend was had some great zingers. Oh yeah. Um, we had so much fun making fun of Seabiscuit. So. Maybe Contact will end up being the same. But I just want to note that Willow, me and Brent watched Willow a few months ago with his daughter, who's eight. Her name's Ellie. And not only did me and Brent have a good time watching the movie and thought it was pretty good, but Ellie loved Willow. She was, like, so excited in the scenes and stuff, and she really enjoyed it. So I'm really hoping that when we look at it for a hold-up movie that it does hold up. That's that has changed. There'll be some charm um, still. You I'll, hoping I'll for tell that? you. I'll tell you what I remember from watching it a month ago. That Willow is a better goddamn movie than Sea Biscuit. Oh well, yeah, no, definitely. And there's the but bar. Like, I think there was a big part of me <laughs> in, enjoying the movie so much. I mean, I, I love parts of that movie, like um, uh, so many parts of that movie, the brownies and stuff. But watching it with Ellie and seeing her enjoyment and how how well it worked for her made me enjoy it more mm. so hopefully when we watch it under the hold up lens it doesn't change but yeah. there have been movies that that has happened to in the past for sure for sure but i have so we'll i have fond memories of all these april movies so i'm, I'm really looking forward to all of them um i really want to put contact you have fond memories of contact i i've no, watched I don't yeah i've watched oh, Con- sorry, John. i was gonna say i have um watched contact quite a bit and there's something about it that i like every time so brentos I've only seen it once, and to tell you the truth, I don't really remember it super well. I remember the ending being kind of a, a fucking uh, hail a fuck Mary. you. Yeah, yeah, there was a really funny movie. James there's Woods really is funny, in it. There's a really funny oh, South Park. James there's a really James. funny South Park episode that makes fun of the ending in a really funny way, um, as well. Nice. Um, I have to. Go, I'm gonna have to go dig around and find it. Yeah, I'm looking yeah, yeah. forward to it because just movies change after watching how like 250 that we've done reviews for. Um, I don't know. And only I'm getting, only we've only done two. I'm done getting two better at figuring out what I like. So there it is. I can't say for sure if movies are good or bad. It's just my perspective and what I like. And uh, I'm really figuring it out. I'm nailing it. Have it's any great. of the animal movies held up? No, sir. No. Okay. Okay. Anybody? Well, Canine. No, but one one that could would be Babe. Um, Maybe we thought about that after Babe. Yeah. So look, we'll, we'll do throw this it on the list for another time. Canine, Turner, yeah. and Hooch, Seabiscuit. One, two, three, in order of number one. You think is the best. Number three, you think is the worst of those threes. Go. Tell me both. Of you, Colin, you first. One, two, God, three. I guess. 
I guess Turner and Hooch, but I it would be very slim. Then, I guess, and oh, well, God damn! I mean, Sea Biscuit should be Sea Biscuit could be Sea Biscuit could be an amazing movie, and neither of the other two could. The best parts of no Sea Biscuit are better in the world. than any part yeah. of Canine and Turner. Yeah, and, and the cinematography yeah. and the and everything, but but once again, but watchability. If I had to watch, yeah. if I had to watch one again as is, then I. I'd probably watch Turner and Hooch. Brent? Then what? But like, then what? I go Hooch, Biscuit, Canine. Really? Biscuit canine's over Canine. Abysmal. Like, what am I doing? Came, canine's you know really I mean? bad. I, it's, but, not even, but, it's not even Bloodsport bad. It's, it's short, bad, though. Bad. It's not even It's short, though. You don't have to watch two hours and 19 minutes. I think yeah. that's what takes away from it. Yeah, well, no, yeah. and that's a huge thing. But I can tell you that I actually do enjoy myself numerous times through this movie. And yeah, despite all true. of its that's flaws... True. Uh, much of the movie is so well done that I That's can still fair. find myself in places of, um, you know, of getting into things, getting behind things, yeah. getting involved. And, the Brent, Brent sold and I me, don't yeah. do that with the other stuff. So to me, actually, I think it's got to be Biscuit 1, then Hooch, then Canine, if I'm being absolutely honest. Okay, the then quality I picked that of the too. movie is too strong um, yeah. not to give it a, a plus over the What I would things. do the is acting, I would skip everything mm. i would skip the first 45 minutes and watch the rest 100 <laughs> yeah see then 100%. that's the edited version then i'm changing i would change too right but that's oh, that's okay. not edited if i can edit it just by forwarding then i'm through it <laughs> but you're not watching the whole movie i guess yeah i guess that, that doesn't yeah, count no i'm yeah Shit. i'm kind of saying to you gotta the watch the movie you're still watching more finish. movie than turner and hooch right still longer. that's why i see biscuits I, third because none of the other two movies have me wanting to skip a third of it to get going okay john sold me yeah if i cannot skip the first 45 minutes then i would watch the other two before see think of no, him holding I, his I, dead I'm kid stay again with it like why yeah, yeah i don't want to think about I, that again but can't do it. it's manipulative. I, I got to tell you why, because I'd rather watch two hours and 20 minutes of of good footage and acting and music and and uh, yeah, at least an interesting fucking background. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And not because like, because the, the problem is that he doesn't make this movie well. But I fill in the blanks well enough to make it good for me, right? I guess. Yeah, I could. I know what's I supposed could. to be Fair. there. So I'm going. I'm those two hours on and this. twenty minutes aren't great, <laughs> but um, but I'd still rather do that than I would Turner and Hooch or Canine. Turner and Hooch, maybe. I, I didn't like either of those movies. No, I didn't yeah. either. Turner and Hooch is better than Canine anyway. Yes, that's and, and that's agreed. So I mean, that's the a Belouche gets an easy I, fucking last place there. Yeah. 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 All right, cool. We, 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 we know why, because you didn't do coke. Right on, right on. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. All right, <laughs> let's get this one wrapped up. Next week, we'll be back at you with contact. Um, so get that one in your eye holes. I know that's more than two hours, and my cat is mewing in the background. So let's be done with this. Take her easy, everybody. Thanks for coming <laughs> up for this one. And until the next time, enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.